Dear friends, we need God. We need God for atonement, at one meant. Look at that word. God and humanity are separated, and yet there is this act of atonement through which those parties which are separated come together again. Atonement bringing together two that were separate into singularity, into oneness, into harmony again. We need God. We need God because we are sinners. We are sinners, and we only know what great sinners we are when we try not to sin. Try to go for a week, for example, without thinking an impure thought about someone who's driving in front of you and behaving erratically. Try giving your neighbor the benefit of the doubt when she is of a different political persuasion than you are. Try. Try not to transgress God's commandment to love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's only those who try that find out very quickly that try as we might we do not succeed. One of the great figures in American history, Benjamin Franklin, actually decided that he wanted to try to be perfect. In his own words, Benjamin Franklin said, I conceived the bold and the arduous project of arriving at moral perfection. I wished to live without committing any fault at any time. I would conquer all that either natural inclination, custom, or company might lead me into. Franklin identified what he considered to be 13 virtues, and in true Benjamin Franklin style, he had a book printed. He had a graph that had each of the virtues, and whenever he thought that he had fallen short of one of the virtues, he would make a dot. Beside that virtue, the goal was to reach the end of a day and have no dots on the page at all so that the next day he could begin again and he could reach a kind of moral perfection. Benjamin Franklin at age 20 decided that he would be perfect. Well, Benjamin Franklin, in his own words, found out that it wasn't quite as easy as he imagined it would be. He was glad that he made the effort, but he found the project to be undoable. He said, though I never arrived at the perfection I had been so ambitious of obtaining, but fell far short of it, yet I was, by the endeavor, a better and a happier man than I otherwise should have been if I had not attempted it. In biblical language, we say that we are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God. In biblical language, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, 
He who is faithful and just will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Dear friends, hold fast to this promise. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Leviticus speaks of a kind of cleansing that is an annual cleansing for the sanctuary, an annual cleansing for the tent of meeting, an annual cleansing for the priests and for the people. And I keep hitting the wrong button here. I'm trying to be technologically advanced, but alas, we all fall short. If we confess our sin, we know better than to fall for the popular idea that we're all okay and are good and are wonderful because we happen to know that we have broken relationships with God and with others. You can probably name three or four people with whom you have difficult relationships at this very moment. And if we are honest, there are probably three or four people that between you and God as you're praying at night, you say, Lord, I can't stand these people. I want to be better than this. I want to love as you love. And yet, yet I cannot. These are the prayers that God will answer with time. Leviticus offers this annual cleansing. This annual cleansing for the sanctuary, the tent, the altar, the priests, and the people. But pay attention to what the New Testament offers. The New Testament offers the self-giving of Jesus that cleanses us from sin. The Old Testament understands sin as this accumulation that must be dealt with and atonement must be done on the day of atonement, but it doesn't fix the problem because the year after that and the year after that, we we still must atone for the sins of the people. In my mind, it's like what happens to me on April 16th. I say on April 16th, I've paid my taxes. Then I go out after doing my taxes and celebrate with a large Reese's Peanut Butter Cup blizzard from Dairy Queen. And I pay taxes on my Reese's Peanut Butter Cup blizzard from Dairy Queen. Then I go home and I wash my hands because I'm a messy eater and I pay taxes on the water that I use to to wash my hands. I I enter into the door of my home on which I pay taxes. I go and buy groceries. And and so for us to ever say, I'm done, I've paid taxes, I've finished, there's nothing certain but death and taxes. And even at death, we'll pay taxes on the casket. (laughs) It's not like you can say, I'm finished, I'm exempt I'm done. And in the book of Leviticus, there is this recognition that with sin, we we can't say if it's up to us. 
we can't say, well, I, I, I've got that finished with now. I'm over my life of, of sinning, and from now on, all will be well. If it's up to us, we'll never get to where God intends for us to be. But if it's up to God, if God is the one who is offering something on our behalf, if God is the one who is giving us the gift, if God is responsible, then you and I are free from the power of sin. Look at what the Scriptures say about Jesus. It is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. If it's up to us to deal with sin, then sin comes at us and is a part of our lives that we can never, ever get rid of. But if God has taken the power of sin away, If God in Jesus Christ has defeated darkness, then we are in a new situation. A priest stands every day, day after day at his service, offering again the same sacrifices that can never take away sin. But when Christ had offered for them a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God and since then has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. If it's up to you, if it's up to me, if it's up to Benjamin Franklin to make himself and ourselves perfect, we'll never arrive. But if by the single sacrifice of Jesus, God has made us holy and whole, if it's not up to us, but it's done by God, then we have hope. We have freedom. We have joy. When a person is baptized, the first baptismal question is this. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers in this world, and repent of your sin? Now, notice notice the struggle here. It's a cosmic struggle. The spiritual forces of wickedness, those forces of wickedness that are out to destroy body and soul, those spiritual forces that are beyond that which is visible, we renounce those. Do you reject the evil powers of this world, the evil powers of this world, the worldly evil that we encounter on a daily basis? Do you reject those personal evil, our own sins and our shortcomings, our own failings and ignorance, our own limitations, and yes, 
our own defiance. The struggle that we're a part of is a cosmic struggle. It's a worldly struggle. It's a personal struggle. And however it is that we are encountering this struggle at any given moment, we can't do this on our own. It is God who works for us, who sends the Christ into the world, who offers us his Holy Spirit. It is God who is at work. What Leviticus hints at, Jesus completes. What Leviticus offers to an ancient people in an ancient day, Jesus brings to those who are called by his name. Did you catch catch the scriptures that we looked at earlier? It, It is by God's will that we have been sanctified, not through working our fingers to the bone, not through trying hard enough and thinking the right thoughts, not through all of the works of our own hands, but we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Did you catch that by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified? And did you catch the reading earlier? We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Dear friends, what we could not do, put sin to death, Solve the problem of sinfulness. Bring together God and humanity separated. God has done in Jesus of Nazareth. What we could not do, God offers to us. What we could not accomplish, God accomplishes for us. Jesus is the sacrifice. Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the one who brings God and humanity together. Parties estranged from one another in harmony and unity once again. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and trust Him Trust him with your Sunday afternoon, with your week that will unfold, with your life. Trust him. For he invites you to draw near to God. And in Christ and in his spirit, God has drawn near to you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let us pray.